Hey everyone, welcome to the Surrey Pentecostal Assembly Teachings Podcast. This is where we share our teachings with you so that you can stay connected no matter where you are. We hope this helps you journey with Jesus so that you can grow to be more like Him. Thanks for tuning in. We've been talking in 1 John. Pastor Wes has been going through that. And he was in chapter 3 last week. This week we're looking at chapter 4 a little bit, but I have skipped over the first part because he's going to do that next week. Because I is looking at prayer. I'm looking at prayer and I'm looking at how John talks about prayer in the sense that when we teach kids about prayer, it's talking to God. It doesn't There's no formulas. There's no big... Uh, things that you have to do in order for God to hear you. When we call out to him, he answers. And that's what Ivan was saying. Thank you for that word, Ivan. So I just want to uh, and let you know, Zach is doing all the PowerPoint for me. So I have some bare bones. If these don't line up with what I'm saying, <laughs> it's not his fault, mine. Okay. <laughs> So I'm just going to read uh, the first bit. Is it up on the screen? It is up on the screen. From verse 7, I'm going to read just to verse 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since since God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. So my thought, first thought as I'm reading this is, how do we know God? How do we know God? And we know in uh, Matthew, there's all sorts of verses, of course, but the one that stood out to me right away was Matthew 123. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. First of all, God is with us all the time. And when you are with someone, you begin to get to know them. You don't know them. I'm going to refer back to Pastor Brandt when he preached. He preached on this too, the idea of of love and what love is and knowing God. And... He talked about Wayne Gretzky. (laughs) He knows Wayne Gretzky, he says. He knows all the stats, and I don't, but he does. But he doesn't know him because he's never met him. And I think of Paul on the road to Damascus. A lot of us know that story. Paul knew the scriptures. There's a difference between knowing. Paul was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was defending God. He was going after those people who were a cult, followers of the way, until he had a revelation of Jesus. Then he knew God. 
And we look at that and we think of knowing God and God is love. And again, if you want to know what Pastor Brandt talked about, it's on Spa Church uh, YouTube. <laughs> um, August 21st, the myths about God, <laughs> myths about him and Christianity. God is love. He's not just loving and he's not just caring and he's not just a great guy. He is love. So when we learn to know him, then we learn who he is. But the learning, we sometimes think, is the hard part. When I was, when I was five, I said to my dad, I'm not going to become a Christian until I'm in grade one. I was very defiant <laughs> at five years old. I needed to live life before I became a Christian. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> but, but the interesting thing is, um, through a series of events, I, I almost died and some other things. And my dad just kind of told me, you know, you wouldn't have been in heaven. I'm <laughs> so I was scared into the kingdom of heaven. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best way to tell your kids. But, but then as I grew as a child, it was very interesting. I would have a, a dreams. I had a dream once that I was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee holding Jesus' hand. And that has stayed with me forever. <laughs> um, that idea that it wasn't just about the disciples back then. They didn't just know Jesus and hang out with him. We can know Jesus. And I've been doing a series. Uh, Pastor Wes has also done this one with his social the Power of Knowing God by Dr. Tony Evans. And he mentioned a Greek word called the, uh, an abide that we talk about in John 15. Jesus talks about abiding in him, abiding in God, remaining. And <laughs> Pastor Tony Evans says, He's got, you got to hang out with God. You know, that's the word he uses, hang out with him. And that's exactly it. We hang out with God. We get to know God. We abide. We remain or reside is also another way it's, it is uh, um, translated is the word I'm looking for. And the second thing I think of when I, in my process of growing and learning and knowing God, was, again, it was Tony Evans just a little, a little while ago that brought it up. Exodus 33.11 says, The Lord would speak with Moses face to face is one speaks with the, to a friend. And I've sat there thinking, well, that's pretty awesome. But if we're looking at prayer as talking to God, well, this is Moses, he's, he's praying, he's talking to God, he's meeting face to face. And that's what it is. And then a little further on in the chapter, he talking, he's talking to God. He says, teach me your ways, right? He says, teach me your ways. And... The Lord says, my presence will go with you, right? And then he says, later on, he's worried about the Israelites. How will this happen, and how will they know who we are? And um, if you don't go with us, don't send us up from here. He's saying, uh, we're going to be lost. We don't know what to do. And God responds, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I'm pleased with you, and I know you by name. Isn't it good to be known by name? 
not just, you know, if you're at work, hey, hey, you, uh, whatever you are, whoever you are. That is God. He knows us by name. In Zephaniah 3, 17, he says he no longer rebukes us, but he sings over us. He not only loves us, he likes us, right? All the things we have, all the things we do, all the things, even our insecurities, he knows them, but still it doesn't matter because he knows us and he will provide what we need. The truth will set you free. We were saying that today. It's not just, that's not just when we come to Jesus, we're set free from sin. It's an ongoing thing. The truth constantly sets us free because that's part of, um, that is part of what we are calling uh, rational on how we like, get to know God. I, I know I'm skipping a few things, so. The first one was uh, love is relational and about communication. But when I thought of Matthew 4, 4, and that's, of course, when Jesus went into the desert after his baptism and the Holy Spirit came and rested on him. It says the Spirit took him out into the desert to be tested. And you think, first of all, why would send them out to be tested but there's there was a purpose for the testing there was a purpose for what was happening and when the devil tested him he said jesus said it is written man shall not live by bread alone but on every word that comes from the mouth of god i had grown up hearing that all my life and i'm thinking yeah yeah <laughs> that's right we have to read the bible pray every day you know those kinds of things until it was a few years ago that it hit me. Jesus is referring back to Deuteronomy when the Lord was saying to the people, um, he humbled you. This is Moses talking to them. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And some of you have heard me say this before, but they didn't have this. <laughs> Moses hadn't written anything yet. They were literally being directed by God. His words were giving them life in the desert. And they followed, when he followed, sorry, when they followed what he said, he directed. And of course, there's times they didn't, and they had to learn. That's why they spent time there. Now, love is also relational. It's not just experiential, but we have to, we have to go beyond what we know. Like I said, that Paul did. He knew everything about the scriptures. He had memorized half of them or all of them, maybe. But he didn't know the. He didn't know Jesus until Jesus revealed Himself to him. But how do we know God? In verses 13 to 16 of 1 John 4, it says, This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him, and they in God. 
And so we know and rely on the love of God for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So how do we know God? Well, we have to uh, realize that we are in Christ. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have actually asked him to be Lord of your life, if you've turned away from the what you were doing and saying, I want to be a follower of yours, God, then we, are, we have a few verses that assure us in 1 John 2, 27, it says, As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you. You do not need anyone to teach you. <laughs> but, his is a, but as his anointing teaches you about all things, and that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So again, that remain, that hang out with God, be with him. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit teaching us. That's the anointing he's talking about. When we are becoming Christians, we have the Holy Spirit given to us. And the Holy Spirit gives life to our spirit. That's what, how we are born again. And the, our spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit, is what begins to transform our mind in Christ Jesus. And you know that verse from Romans 12, probably. Um, we, it says, Paul is saying, he urges us, in view of God's mercy, to offer our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. And that is your true and proper worship. And I stopped and thought, oh, worship. <laughs> worship and uh, giving of ourselves. And we say that, we say, talk about that as our lives are worship. What we do every day is worship to God. Because when you believe something, you live that way. If you believed that eating too many oranges would turn your skin orange, and you didn't want to be orange, you wouldn't eat oranges, period, right? You just wouldn't do it because, oh, I, I can't do that. But if you also believe that who you are in Christ, you are a new creature. If you believe that, you will begin to walk that out in your life. You begin to listen and look for ways to worship. And if everything that we do in our lives is geared for worship, that means prayer is worship. We pray. It's part of our worship, part of who, uh, part of who and what and all that we are, because if you love somebody, you tell them. You tell, you tell them that you love them. And we know how many love songs are written <laughs> um, because we hear them on the radio or we hear them around. Love is a big thing. We sing also about what we know and what we believe. And also, it's our natural, one of our natural ways um, to express love. So when we think of prayer and we think of worship and we think of words, we think of God's love. David himself said, creating me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. That's a prayer, but it was also a psalm. It was written for the director of music. And when we sing, when we worship here, 
that is our prayer many times. It's a prayer of our heart. We talk about we talk about that. So prayer is not just, uh, when I was growing up too, I was also taught a formula or two, you know, like the acts one is you got to do adoration first, then you got to do confession, then you got to do thanksgiving and then supplication. And I would think, oh my goodness, I haven't done this. Well, I did this in the wrong order. God's not going to listen to me. I like, it was seriously for me, one of those things that I would come back to God. Oh, I'm sorry, God, I didn't do it the right way. Or, oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I was busy. Always, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but we, if we are in Christ, we have been told that we can approach the throne room boldly. And we can call God Abba Father. That's like Papa, right? <laughs> it's such an intimate word. We don't have to, like, when we go to our own fathers, yes, I, I mean, I've had to ask forgiveness when I've done something wrong. But my father didn't withhold love from me because I didn't ask for forgiveness. God is calling us to be like him and to learn of him. And he will gently point these things out. He will gently point things out that are in our way. Um, because if we knew everything right off the bat that's wrong with us, <laughs> our psyches couldn't handle it, actually. It would be so much, because we all have blind spots. We talk about, I've talked about that before with uh, some people that we just don't see some of the things that we're doing wrong because of what we've been either brought up with, what we've been taught along the way. Our experiences have told us, if you do A, this happens, B happens all the time. So. We begin to think that if I don't, well, I began to think if I don't do this the right way, God's not going to listen to me. And we have verses in the Bible that talk about, about forgiveness. And God can't forgive you if you don't forgive. We have those verses. The idea being that we have to know that what we have done is but what put him on the cross. Not everybody else around us. That's why we're not supposed to judge. Because it doesn't matter. God, you know, God is no respecter of persons. If you have lied, you're just as guilty as somebody who's killed somebody else. Because God is perfect. That's why we need Christ's atoning blood. That's why we need to be covered in his righteousness, so we can come to God. And when it comes down to it, our relationship with God is our relationship with God. So if you have people talking to you, like, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do that, there's a place for counsel, and it's good, and we talk about wise counsel in the Bible, but you also have to ask God, what do you want to teach me? And I don't know if you've ever heard the term before called listening prayer. Some, you know, we talk about meditation or journaling. Um, the idea of listening prayer is to ask God something and then not just go away, but ask God something and sit there. Be still and know that I am God. To sit in his presence and uh, when you do that, sometimes you begin to have these thoughts or these ideas that you would not have had on your own. 
and if you record these things and ask God what he means about this, he will let you know. I mean, he's not going to say, oh, I want you to go to Timbuktu and preach and then leave you to figure out all the ways and the whys and the wherefores of how to do it. He guides along the way. So we need to ask him and listen and, and be at that place where we can just soak in his presence because he will reveal himself. Um, and in Second Peter 1, uh, verses 3 and 4, it talks about not only that uh, we have Jesus teaching us, or the Holy Spirit teaching us, the anointing, but his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and goodness. So he's given us these things, it says, his uh, great and precious promises because of his glory and goodness. And that we might participate in the divine nature. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> participate in the divine nature of God? What does that mean? When we think of Jesus when he was here, uh, if you understand Jewish theology at all, they believed one God. That's why the leaders were so against Jesus saying that he was the son of God. They didn't, they didn't understand this. Like, how could he be the son of God? There's only one God. And when he talks about the spirit, in, for instance, in Genesis, moving over the water, they thought of the spirit of God as a force emanating from him, like, yeah, I, know, I don't know, like Pastor West has a spirit of, Oh, go outward. Oh, I don't even know the word I want. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, he's good at talking to people. That's the word I'm trying to say. Anyway, uh, the idea that that spirit was just kind of part of God and it wasn't the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus was born, and we're talking about God with us, that's why you don't see the name Jesus in the Old Testament because he was given the name Jesus. Gabriel told Mary to call him Jesus because he will save the people from their sins. And when he died and rose again, he rose in bodily form. Right? Thomas looked, put his hands on the scars, and he rose and went to heaven. So Jesus is there in the Trinity that's why he's our mediator. That's why he understands what we've gone through, because he was here. There were times in my life, exactly, when, um, when my husband left me, I sat there thinking, okay, Jesus, first of all, you're a guy. You do not understand this. <laughs> Second of all, you were never abandoned. And he said gently, but yes, I was. All my disciples ran away. And he, I said, but you weren't betrayed. He said, yes, I was. Judas, Peter. <laughs> I said, but you were never abused. He said, yes, I was. Roman soldiers were not nice people. That was maybe the first time that I understood more that, that he understands. And he's a mediator between God and man. He's never sinned, but he knows what we have gone through because he has gone through it before. And mediator means 
someone who speaks for us. And so we speak to him, he speaks to God. And we also know that uh, the verse about the Holy Spirit praying for us for, in words when we don't know what to pray. And that's not coming to mind right away. But the idea that it's not, it, it's not about us doing everything uh, or God doing everything. It's also that um, he works in us, the Holy Spirit works in us, and we talk to him. So I don't know, first of all, if everybody here knows Jesus. I can't presume to know just because you're sitting in church that you know Jesus. Or if you've been listening to Jesus lately. And I just want you to just sit for a moment and examine your heart and say, God, you know, first of all, if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, I would just say, repeat this prayer right now, right where you're sitting. You don't have to stand. You don't have to go anywhere, come to the altar or anything. You just say, dear Lord, I understand that you died for me and that you Die to free me from my sins. I believe that you are the Son of God who is risen and is at the right hand of God. Please forgive me for all that I have done and guide me by your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen. That is, a, that is one of the most basic prayers that we know is about to connecting with God, praying. And we want to go from there about knowing God to um, how. There's a how as well, where it's partly, a, prayer is a part of our whole lives, and I was talking about that, but God invites us to work with him. And working with God, first of all, again, you need to know what he wants you to do. So we... You, we ask and we listen. But in John 6, 29, Jesus, when they asked, what is the work that we are to do? <laughs> Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So first of all, believing in God is, believing in Jesus is the work that God wants us to do. Because again, when we believe something, then we walk that way, we live that way, we do that. But the other side of it all, too, is, uh, and you know this one probably, First Thessalonians 5.17, pray continually. That's part of it, right? Ephesians 6.18 says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. So when this part of it, like prayer is not only for our relationship for God with God, but it's also relationship for others with God. That, that is our focus. Here at Spa, 
we want everyone to be cared for. We want people to learn to love God. It's our, it, it's our vision, right? Love Jesus and equip our people to what? Serve the community. And how can we serve? We can, of course, do, do things. There are things to do. For instance, glow tomorrow night. We can participate. If you can't participate physically, you can participate by praying, right? We want to impact the community around us. We want people to know this love that has saved us, that has redeemed us, and that when we live in him, we have the power to walk through our lives. It's not easy. Life is not easy. There are ups and downs all along the way. But I was thinking about Glow the other day, and uh, Gail is getting all ready for it. It's going to be fabulous. But I thought about anagrams and all sorts of things, and I was like, I wonder if it actually means something. Because there's a Glow at Christmas, which is all about Christmas lights out in the community. But I thought, God loves our world, right? So we want people to know that. Glow is for the community to come, yes, community to come, but to find out about God. So if you love games, come and help with the games. If you love kids, come and help with the kids. If you love talking, come and talk with the parents. We, we just want everybody to participate in our community and bringing people to the love and the knowledge of God. And communication with God brings about change. And we probably, many of you know James 1.27, religion that God accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So that is more of a practical way of how to know God because we ask him, what should we do? Our psyches cannot take on all the problems of the world. We cannot care for the people across the world, in our community, around the corner. We cannot do it all on our own, perhaps. <laughs> but we can pray, because we know that prayer changes things. But God will give us something that's close to our hearts, close to his heart. He never runs out of ideas of how you can be praying how you can be impacting people around you. And I just want, as I finish up here, I just want to <laughs> tell you about something that Pastor Les talked about quite a few years ago. Many of you may remember him. And he was talking about a daily prayer. He says, in communication with God, if you want to know him, you want to be like Jesus and be conformed to the image of his son. He said, the daily prayer he has is, Jesus, be the Lord of my life today, and change me any way you want. Then he said, if you want to see a miracle, do what Jesus says. Do what Jesus says to you. You will see miracles in your life. We need to be in communication with God. And about blessings, we talk about being blessed by God or blessing others or the blessing of God grows as you give them away. 
continually look to those around you. It's not about numbers. It's not about formulas. It's not about how good did I do in this. <laughs> Our motivation is for God to touch lives. We may never see those people walk into the church, but what may be a seed planted in their life. We may never see or hear about any of it either until we get to eternity. Another one of our outreaches is Cedar Gardens. And Esther uh, goes there, our bookkeeper, and she comes back and tells stories about a lady named Vicky who never used to come out, would stay away from everybody, and now joining in the prayer circle at the end. Jesus touches lives. It may not be instantaneous. There may be a process. There was a process in my life, and I have been a Christian since I was five. We learn every day. We continue to learn. God is inexhaustible, right? So when you sit with him, ask him, what do you want me to learn today? How do you want to work in my life? How do you want me to impact the people around me today? So, so a couple of things. Um, on the way out, if you are interested in praying for any of our ministries or people, we have some prayer cards that the, the ushers will give you on the way out. You just need to ask. But we're going to go to a time of prayer now. And so the prayer team, if you, whoever you are here, if you would come forward, we want to pray with you. If you prayed that prayer earlier, we want to know. We want to support you in your walk with Christ. If you have anything else happening in your life and you need God to come in and do a miracle, come and ask for prayer. God loves you. He is love. And he is here. <laughs>